0: Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Guess what happened to me before we get into our stories? I already know we spoke about it. All right. <laughs> Okay, we look, we, know,
1: we spoke about it. We, 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 we've wrecked we.
0: everything. Now I was going to like pretend that no, it's you do know. I was sitting at the red light and a fucker light, and a fucker smashed into the back of my brand new car, first car I have bought since two thousand and five. Mm. So it, I love my new car, and then, it's all crumpled. And then he won't give me his address. What and I didn't know this. When you have an accident, you're supposed to get the person's name and their address, and yeah. you won't give it to me. So, do you know what I did? First of all, I thought, hmm, how can I find it out? Hmm, who do I know who Googles and Googles and researches and finds shit? Chanel Bella, I've made one call. Chanel, find out this guy's address. <laughs>
1: Chanel, murder valour on the case. And my
0: phone's going, bing, bing, is this him? Yes, that's him.
1: Bing, 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 here's his ABN. Here's his partner's
0: name. Here's his... Do you want me to go past and throw eggs at his house? No, don't do that. No,
1: hold on. To be fair, we worked out that he kind of lives near me. Yeah, and I said, do you want me to drive past and see if the car that hit you is in the driveway? Because just so sometimes when, as a journo, here's a journo secret for you. Yeah. Sometimes if like a certain car has been involved in a crime or a crash or an accident, and it's no longer there when we get to the scene and we want to work out where that person lives. Yeah. Say we get a partial address, then we go on Google Maps and you do street view and you just click down <gasps> the street until you find the car in the driveway. I did that? Yeah. I did that. Yeah, I'm thinking that's what we yeah. do. It's how we find people. And then you see the car, and you're like bingo.
0: I did it with what the up? address you gave me and went along, but yeah. it, it turns out that I his was address a little bit off. Like, yeah, only I don't know. I have to look up the streets yeah. and stuff. But um, I'm doing it with the new address that I got. Had I went up to the actual police station, and mm. here's another bit of information: if you're in in an accident, the other person's being an asshole, um, and Constable Cutie Pie helped me out, and he was. A very nice young man, and Love that. you're able to request information like that over the counter. Yeah, came, told him what happened. He went, "Huh, should have had insurance." I said, yeah. "Yeah, he should have." I mean, I've got insurance. He hasn't.
1: He doesn't have any insurance. No, he didn't have insurance.
0: And here's what he did: he took out an insurance policy later in the day. Wanted me to lie about the time of the accident no, and say that didn't. it happened after his insurance policy came into effect later in the day. And I said, "Sorry, mate, my car's already in the shop being repaired." I can't go and get it back and undo the claim that I have already placed. So what
1: happens when he doesn't have insurance? What, they just send him a letter of demand?
0: I'm not sure. I really don't know. And I gave him every opportunity for that not to happen because I I tried three times to contact him and the insurance company called him one time trying to go, you need to give me the address so that we can, you know, sort it out, mate.
1: I, maybe two years ago, was uh, waiting in like a slip lane to make a left-hand turn. mm so I'm sitting there, you know, looking to the right to see when it's clear and I just felt this <gasps> like right in the back of my car and I thought yeah. I was furious. Insane, I yeah. was instantly mad, right? And I got out of the car ready to be like Chanel C-U-N-T Valor. Like I was mad about it. And then I got out and it was, oh, I don't want to say, I need to choose my words correctly here. It was a man who was... Do you need one of my accents? No? No? How do I say special without being rude? Oh. That's oh, not no. the right way to say it. Yeah. Oh, he no. was driving, yeah. so he was capable, but, yeah. you know, he wasn't yeah. all there. Yeah. And he was so apologetic. And he said, you know, I- I'm only allowed to work one day a week and I'm on my way to work. Oh, and no. he said, I don't want my parents to find out because oh, they won't no. let me drive. Oh, no. And I was dying for him. I was dying. Dying, and I see he goes, If my parents find out because his car was okay, yeah, mine was not so okay. Oh, and he no. said, I don't want my parents to find out because then they won't let me drive. Um, but can we do this outside of insurance? But I won't be able to pay you all at once. Um, because it looks, he goes, You know, it looks like your car's really damaged, and oh. I don't earn that much money. Can we just Like, pay a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And And, did he do that? Yeah, he just gave me a little bit at a time. And I just, oh, I just got it fixed. And he just paid me in little installments. Oh, you're sweet. And there's
0: trust. And you can tell if a person's good or bad. Oh, Stay he was so mom. good. Oh, how and
1: sweet. And I, I, I got out of the car like, rawr, and then I was like, oh, no, you're so okay. Aww. He was
0: mortified. Well, I was furious too, and the funny thing was I was on my way to a lunch, a Mother's Day lunch with yes. – I had my mum, my 80-year-old mum in the car, Aww. and mum's memory's going a bit yes. a lot. sure. And we, we kept on going to the lunch because the car was still drivable, and I didn't want her to miss out. It was a mm-hmm. special day. And I was – Really annoyed. I was in the car. Pardon my language. I know we don't swear a lot on this podcast, but I'm driving along going, fuck, fuck, my new car. So angry. And mum by this stage had forgotten that the accident had happened a few minutes earlier and said, oh, gosh,
1: you're very annoyed. (laughs) I've never heard you swear this much. Oh, gosh, you're worked up. One of the best – we'll stop waffling after this – one of the best pep talks I've ever given in my life was not that long ago, maybe – a couple of months ago, mm. Nicholas was on his way to a job interview, right? And yeah. I was on – he doesn't listen to this podcast, so it doesn't matter because he won't know because I, no, I, I kind of lied to him I about this. No, I don't think
0: he likes yeah. you. No, I don't doesn't think want to so either. This, this is where this. we're at and yeah. it's
1: too far to go back. Anyway, um, <laughs> I was on the phone driving to work, just gas bagging to a friend yeah. and he's called once and I was like, whatever, don't have time for whatever mm. like non-meaningful shit you're going to ask me about. Yep. So I didn't answer. And then he called again. And I still didn't answer because I was like, blah, blah, just on the phone, but on hands-free, not driving illegally on the phone, yes. hands-free. And then he called a third time, and I was like, oh, three calls is serious. I better mm, answer. Something. He had totally he totaled his car. <gasps> yeah, but he he's had a lot of stuff happened in the traffic. Oh, a lot, hasn't he? He's a yeah. really and he's such a distracted driver. The second if he even goes to put the heater on, he's in another lane. Oh no. Yeah. And yeah. I've like I've had to sit down and have serious chats with him about, hey, I can I can be that driver that puts the temperature to twenty-four. You are not that driver. Yeah. Anyway 24? so 24, that's very warm. Oh, I put seat warmers on and everything in my oh, car. i will put seat warmers. I'm
0: toasted. Do you leave it on three? Yeah. I go down to one after a little no, bit. No, I'm all love the way seat up. Same.
1: Yeah. Um and he had looked across the road, across the freeway at an accident, yep. smashed his car into the back <gasps> of this. And he's on his way to this job interview and he wants this job desperately. And he was, so he calls me. He doesn't listen so I can say this. He was crying. And, um, yeah, and he was like, what am I on? And I was like. Is the car drivable? He's like, there's bits hanging off it. I was like, you get in that car and you drive it. Yes. You do not park out the front when you get there. You dump that shit in an alleyway and you get out of the car. Then you're going to go to that job interview. You're not going to say shit about what happened. Don't be that person yes. that walks in going, oh, i just had a car accident. No. Right. And he was like, oh, oh oh, I'm not saying anything about the car accident. I was like, you are not saying shit about that car That's accident. Correct. You're just going to dump that car somewhere. If they say, where's your car? Like, do you want to go for a coffee? or blah, blah, blah. You say you just like caught the train or your girlfriend dropped you off. Yep. Do not even look at that piece of shit and you will <laughs> go there and we will fix that car later. Right. He was like, okay. Did he get the job? Okay. He got the job. Yes. Yes. yes got job the done. job. And then I rang him afterwards because he's a real nervous Nelly and he's Everything is all over his face. He has no poker game face. And I said, Did you tell them you had a car accident? He goes, I didn't. I didn't say anything (laughs) about it at all. He goes, I wanted to. But I didn't.
0: I'm scared for him marrying you.
1: No. It was a good it was the best pep talk I've ever given. Yes. And the car's fixed
0: and we're all good. I know, but it's a bit we're all scared of you now. Okay. Your first.
1: Okay, so I have dug out of the dead bodies folder that I am so organised with that I kind oh. of forgot I had this story. So this is about, it's just a collection of stories about brothers. I don't know why I decided to put this together, but I did. I don't know if it's because I don't have a brother. I do. Do you? Martin, yep. Oh, Martin. Mm. I always wanted a brother, never had one. Anyway, um, so the first one is about Sathis and Sub. Sabrish Raj, who were both charged with drug trafficking after they were busted with 166 kilos of cannabis, weed, quite a lot, and 1.7 kilos of raw opium, heroin, in 2003. (laughs) That's what it is. Yes, cannabis is weed. Anyway, it's like when they say in court,
0: (laughs) they always say
1: the proper name, yeah, or they say, um. Uh, the accused was found at Melbourne Airport with 1.3 kilograms of methylamphetamine. Ice.
0: Right. Okay. He was on ice. I'm loving it. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Anyway, so they were found with the drugs in an unusual manner. Now, police arrested one of the brothers who was found uh, driving the drugs to a house. But a short time later, the twin arrived mm-hmm. And was arrested. Now they face these charges in Malaysia, where when you're charged with drug, yes, it's death. Been there, it's yeah. Satan there's been. signs ever at the airport. Yeah. there's men with guns. Exactly. But police couldn't work out which one of the brothers oh. was the offender, mm. and they were both freed. Yes. So Subject. no one died. This, wow. even though this is dead bodies. Now. Uh, it was said in court, I the judge said I can't be calling the wrong twin to enter his defense and I can't be sending the wrong person to the gallows. Wow. Both freed. Next story about brothers. I do not know why I put this together. Are there dead bodies? Is it weird that I'm doing this? Well, I just Where's the dead body? Yeah, there's a dead body in the next one. Now, this is Arizona, the year is 2011, and this story takes place outside a nightclub. Are you sure I haven't done this before? No. Okay. Uh, it was a newly opened nightclub called the Leonardo da Vinci's Code. Such a shit I name I love for what a they nightclub. call
0: nightclubs. I really do. I, my night, there was Where a are you check- going
1: tonight? The Leonardo da Vinci's Code. We used code. to go to the mm, Metro. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, the, the check- Metro. The
0: Checkpoint Charlies. Yeah, the Metro. Huh, underground. Just,
1: the Metro now is just boarded up and outside it stinks like piss. I saw a
0: picture of it. Because I had you. to
1: walk up there the other day.
0: Checkpoint Charlies. N- Metro. Oh yeah, and
1: just stank like piss.
0: There was a picture of you on. Was it on Instagram? In in your door bitch days?
1: Yes, I was a door bitch. I know. With my sister, he looked so nineties. And was, I was it nineties? I just used to yell at people. <laughs> or and like if people pissed me off, so I'd be like, oh, get behind the velvet. Twenty rope. bucks. Why is why is it twenty bucks to come in? Oh, Don't have twenty. I'd go get out. Wow. Like that cool. in that tone. Harsh. Get out. That's yeah.
0: why you talk to me.
1: Yeah. No, I don't. You do. And my sister and I used to fight on the door because my sister was also a door bitch. We were together. And I'd go, you're, t- you're talking really rudely to people, even though I'd been rude to everyone. She'd go, I haven't. I'm not. And we'd just stand there in silence for like four hours while being really nice to other people. I was weird. It was a weird setup. Anyway. So outside the club, a fight breaks out and there's a crowd of around 20 people watching this fight. One man, whose name is Xavier Brooks, was allegedly seen backing away from the fight with his hands up mm-hmm. when he was fatally shot. Oh. Now, because of the crowd, there were lots of witnesses who came forward and they identified a, na- a man by the name of Orlando Nembard, who was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, several weeks later, he was arrested in New York. Now, they go to court and his attorney, Jason Lamb, points the finger at another man. Mm. He says there is a very big chance that this other man could be responsible and that man's name was Brandon Nembard, the twin brother of Orlando who was also at the club on the same night. Oh, same thing. Yes. Now, there are a few problems. There is no murder weapon. There's no forensic evidence. So the prosecution had built their case entirely around their eyewitnesses. But some of those eyewitnesses had put Brandon forward and some of them had put Orlando forward. Were they wearing the same clothes?
0: That's what I would ask if I, I was don't know. The, def- the prosecutor. Ah.
1: Now, after this revelation, Orlando's bond was reduced from half a million dollars to just $10,000. Oh, wow. And that pissed off the victim's family. Um, the victim's father, Ronald Brooks, was uh, kicked out of the courtroom after he erupted with anger when that bond was reduced to $10,000. Mm. He later told ABC News affiliate KNXV that it's the uncertainty that makes everything around the case yeah. so difficult. He said, I'm angry. I'm very angry. Now that we're hearing this story that maybe, you know, it's another brother or this brother or whatever brother it is, you know, one of them did it. Yeah, uh Orlando paid that lower bond and he was freed. His lawyer said he's frustrated that he's sitting in jail for a crime he didn't commit. He's relieved to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel for him. And yesterday was the first step.
0: But hang on, why does one twin want to have their twin nailed for something that they did?
1: Well, I If that's don't know. what they're doing. Well, like only one big... of them
0: was charged. Yeah, but it's a big gamble to take to go, hey, was it me? Was it him? Look here, look here, we're the same.
1: Nothing ever happened.
0: Why why would the bad twin dob in the
1: good twin? Well, That's horrible. Got away with it. Goodness gracious. Next brother story. (laughs) I'm telling you, I don't even know when I put this together. Uh, So when I find my... So are you surprising yourself? Yeah, because when I do dead body stories i do i do a big binge of them so i kind of like sit down with my laptop and grapes and Mm -hmm. just like yeah Mm -hmm. i sometimes like to do it at work because at work i have two computer screens so i like to research things on one screen while writing them out into my document on the other i would love that it's delightful because then you can scroll and watch and then type things in Mm. Mm, it's really good Mm. Anyway, and I don't remember when I put this together, but it looks like I put it together at work. Anyway, Mitch Torbett applied for a building permit in Tennessee, Signal Mountain. When they ran his license, it came up saying there was a warrant for his arrest. Mm -hmm. Now, Mitch Torbett told police that the federal warrant had to be linked to his identical twin, so yeah. he's like, it's not me, it's my twin, but he was still arrested. Now, he says, I quickly realised I wasn't being just detained for fingerprints, which is oh, what I he just thought th- was going to happen. I have a question. But he was being arrested and there was another major problem.
0: I have a question. Can I interrupt now? Sure. Well, I'm just thinking that because we've got good twins here and evil twins by the sound of it and all of these stories. So in Bewitched, where Samantha had her evil twin sister, how yep. come they had different colour hair?
1: Because they I think weren't identical Sabrina.
0: twins. Well, they're, but they're not identical if they've got different colour hair. They didn't, did they? I've got a feeling the same thing happened in Patty what? Duke or was that her cousin? Anyway, what? just a thought. Go on, please. Okay.
1: Anyway, I was thinking about Bewitched. Okay, so the other major problem is yes. Mitch Torbett's brother is dead. Oh, right. So he spent two days in the slammer, was finally able to convince them that there was some kind of mistake. He said, if they would have trusted me, if they would have given me the benefit of the doubt, if they would have done that, none of this would have happened. Mm -mm, You don't get that. No. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office said the warrant was under Mitch's name, but the affidavit showed Mike Torbett, Mm -hmm. which is Mitch's twin. So they're Mitch and Mike.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Which is way too close together. What were their parents thinking?
1: Yes. So he says when he saw Mike's name, he realised he was in trouble, big trouble. Um, he when he was taken into booking, which yeah. is like the, you know where you're arrested. He refused to sign any paperwork because it all had his brother's name all over it. Um, and he said that, you know, for two days he turned into his deceased brother oh, sitting in jail and wow. he just felt like he was his deceased brother. The Hamilton County Sheriff's Office says Mike must have given Mitch's name when he was arrested. Mm. Um, and he said that that happens all the time with twins. Wow! They give the other one's name, uh, which I would make kind of. But that's would, what I said a minute ago. Like, how horrible of all the people you would have to be
0: closest to your twin. Why would you put your twin in the shit? Why would you do it? that's, well, that's the person you're maybe, supposed to love more than anyone. Yeah, but say your you're driving dad.
1: down the street and you get pulled over, and yeah. you're like, shit, I've only got one point left on my driver's license, Save and you know, Goody Two Shoes identical twin has is perfect driving record. Yeah, but of totally all the you're say, going to put someone into it. You're putting. Oh, no, your but twin. you could just go home and be like, "Hey, babe, just letting you know, I um, pretended to be you so I didn't no. lose my license." I'm not encouraging that behavior, no. but I'm just saying I reckon it happens. Evil twins. Uh, when Mitch went before the judge, the FBI presented fingerprints from both the brothers. She said, Your Honour, we have the wrong person. He needs to be released immediately. Uh, he was released after 36 hours behind bars. The words, wrong person, are now written on his legal documents. He said, emotionally, I can't even put it into words what it felt like. Um According to the affidavit and what Mitch says the FBI told him, investigators had been on their way to extradite him Wow! while he was sitting in the jail cell. They were going to extradite him to Louisiana. Uh, Torby's at- Torbett's attorney says he's now working on a civil suit for false arrest, false imprisonment and more likely seek compensation for emotional distress.
0: Wow. You'd think the cops would have a case for their... To defend that, because I mean, it's a that's a mistake you can make. Yeah, and bloody
1: brother was throwing him under the bus, saying it's like all those
0: horror movies where they get locked in a asylum and they're not really insane. I know. And the more they scream and yell, "I'm not bad," the more more you're crazy. Mm. Mm. Uh, This is pretty gross.
1: Ah. Oh, right up. You've got so many pages there.
0: It's printed huge. And the back pages are just like extra stuff. Do you know just as you're reading, you sometimes I look
1: to see how many pages you've got left, because then, like, if I'm holding my breath, thinking something's going to happen, I'll go, oh, she's only got one page left. So, well, it's, it's that gonna... back three pages
0: there, yeah, I'd only in case you ask questions about something. Oh, I like but it, but I don't think you will, and so I won't. Oh, okay, I'll tell you about it later. No, what is? Uh, my actually, I've got a feeling someone suggested that I look at this story and now I can't remember who it was. I do apologise. Someone on Facebook, whoever it was, thank you. Um, I'm talking to you now about, I was going to say tonight, but it's time is irrelevant in the podcast world. Correct. Karen Greenlee, who was born in 1956. Okay. And when she was 23, she worked as an apprentice embalmer Mm. at the Memorial Lawn Mortuary in Sacramento, California. On December the 17th, 1979, she was driving the hearse to the funeral. To what? To what?
1: What was she driving?
0: (laughs) A hearse.
1: A hearse. Hearse. A hearse. Not a hearse. No, not. Mm, Another word I can't say.
0: Uh, she was driving the body of a 33-year-old man to a f- his funeral. He yeah. died a week earlier. And when Karen got close to where the funeral was to be held and she saw the dead man's family, she did a big donut and took off, disappeared, <laughs> stole the 1975 Cadillac hearse. And, and the body. And the body. Sure. And it was several days before Karen was found near, I don't know how it's pronounced, I'm going to have a go at it, at Allegheny, Allegheny in Sierra County. And when they found her, she'd tried to commit suicide. She'd overdosed on about 20 pills of Tylenol and codeine, but she survived. The doctor who pumped her stomach, uh, Dr. Robert Rochelleux, said she was extremely depressed. And in the coffin, Karen had written a four and a half page long confession where she admitted to having had sex with 20 to 40 other bodies of young men. Yep. That escalated. Curse has lost
1: it. I've lost it. What? Yep. Necrophilia?
0: That's right, which was not illegal in California at the time. And I think we may have touched on this before. So all they could do was charge her with stealing the hearse and interfering with the funeral. She pleaded guilty. She was fined two hundred and fifty-five dollars and sent to jail for eleven days, which is not very much. So, what?
1: Ho- I have a question. Have questions already? Yes. Well, why when she? Why was she driving there? sees the family takes off. Because she just made the decision that
0: she wanted that body. She just took her moment. She was
1: down. Yep. Which is obviously with not the thinking bod.
0: clearly. Yes.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. At that and point.
0: Yeah, and she'd sure. been at it for a while, I think. Mm. So when she got out after the 11 days in jail, her probation included mandatory therapy, which she did. And she said it helped her make peace with herself. I was um, about to
1: start making jokes about having sex with <coughs> dead people. And I really had to rein that in my brain for a second then.
0: That's all I'm Oof. going to be talking about now. Okay. So
1: you can get it all out of your the system. Nah. There's a lot coming. Uh-uh.
0: The body in the hearse that she stole was a man by the name of John L. Mercure and his yeah, see, mother.
1: They have their actual people. I can't make jokes I know. about it. Yeah.
0: His mother, Marian Gonzalez, sued uh, Karen Greenlee and the Memorial Lawn Mortuary for a million dollars for severe emotional distress. Yeah. And then at that hearing the defence psychiatrist said he didn't think that the event had much of a lasting impact on the victim's mother because she already had a history of alcoholism and depression. In other words, he's saying you're already a bit down and out. So this is not making it much worse. Therefore, you don't deserve much of a payout. Isn't that it's a not rape, cherry? is it? Uh, an embalmer who used to work with Karen Greenlee when told I the jury. a
1: question. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Excuse me. Yes. Put your hand it's up. It's not rape, is it? Necrophilia. Is it rape? I know you can't be charged. Oh. Is it? Do you have to be alive for it to be rape? Can, you'll yeah, have you to must ask be. Because one of your copper mates. Yeah, I yes, think because it must it's be. It's interfering with the corpse. Uh, exactly what I was yeah. about to say. It's interfering mm. with the corpse, so it must not be rape if the person's dead. Mm. Mm. Horrible. Carry on. Uh,
0: yeah, one of the Obamas who worked with her said that um, he had no reason to suspect that she would be doing anything like that. Sure. He said she was quiet. She was quite good at her job. Mm. Um, so, anyway, that lawsuit was eventually settled. So they were looking for a million bucks. They got $117,000. Five years later, though, Karen Greenlee, this is in 1987, she gave quite a long and detailed interview to an author by the name of Jim Jim Morton, who wrote a book called Apocalypse Culture, which I have read bits of and it's very, uh, it's all over the shop and I can't quite, and that's my extra pages, that's the interview with her. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I'll pretty much summarise it for you because you don't want me to go through all three pages in tiny type for you. But she talks about necrophilia, and she she's quite unrepentant at the time she talks to him. She talks about the fact that she preferred younger men, and she talks about what sexual
1: acts. Because I don't know about you, but I was thinking, what does she
0: actually oh, do? Oh no, like, I've
1: just thought about something that I'm going to discuss. Go on, it's horrific. What? So I was just thinking about how would you have sex with a dead person, yeah. but obviously you get stiff when you die. Yes, rigor mortis. Whole bod does.
0: Yeah.
1: Horrific.
0: Well, I don't know if the – Yes, it would. Well, she doesn't actually speak about – I say all right, I won't read you the whole thing, but she talks about the fact – Is this a bit gross to say people don't want to hear all of this, but anyway, she said people all do want to – because she, was... she really is not – it's actually like has no shame about it, and she's not. What does she say? Repentant at all? Well, by the sound of it, without being too graphic, I think she just sort of rubs herself. I'm trying to find oh the bit on the. I think. What she do they, just they call that? Of,
1: Dry humping. Um. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, hang on. Okay, the question I'm most often asked is how often does she do it? This is from Jim Morton's book. She says, people have this misconception that there has to be penetration for sexual gratification, which is bull. The most sensitive part of a woman is the front area anyway. The front bum. uh, Yes, that is what needs to be stimulated. Are you prepared for marriage? I'm not sure. If you're using terms like that, we might have to have a little chat. No,
1: I'm just trying not to make this horrible. So I just reverted into five-year-old child, which also makes it creepy. Oh. Oh, what is happening? I don't know. I don't but, know how to talk about this topic in public. I
0: know. It's quite often. That's why I printed it into anything. It, it, I
1: can't even say masturbate on the news. Stop saying it now. You can't say that on the news. Well, she goes on lewd to Lewd act. To say. <laughs> if you ever hear me say someone, prof- uh, S- Steve Smith was found performing a lewd act outside a child's house, he was masturbating. You, you can't say See, you that. you can
0: do it. I know you can't uh she said that okay rubbing the body is just laying there but it has what it takes to make me happy i mean you you'll have to work out what she means better than me uh it gets worse do you want to hear more like i didn't know how much you'd want to hear yeah go a little bit more i find the odor of death very oh, erotic no she actually says your body that's been floating in the bay for 2 weeks or a bum victim <gasps> that doesn't attract me much but a freshly oh. embalmed corpse is something else it gets worse there is also this attraction to blood when you're on top of a body <gasps> it tends to purge blood out of its mouth so that whole
1: curse has lost thing it, it curse has just let out a big it's OMG really rough.
0: seriously you can you, I'll let you look that up yourself that
1: Okay wait story. so hold on I need to catch my breath um yep.
0: Jim Morton Ugh. Apocalypse sculpture. If you Ugh. look at that you'll find it in there. But she's No, hold on, yes. hold on, hold yep. on.
1: So she is going mm, for it mm, during work hours. Yep. She's and she's sneaking in after hours. I was she about to say she got got must be doing once. it at night.
0: Yep. She got caught once doing it. And I think there was other times where they suspected that she was sneaking in. Because if they're like if there's it.
1: blood, she's yep. obviously then clean, cleaning cleaning yep. it all up after.
0: Yep. Yeah, and at the time she was doing this, around the time she yeah got caught and stuff, was oh, when shivers. AIDS was rampant and she was mostly attracted to attractive young guys who were often gay guys who were often died of AIDS. AIDS. And so she was aware of the fact that she was putting herself um, at, at risk. risk. Anyway, I'll let you read the whole article yourself. Oof. It's quite, Um Oh, God, I wasn't word? prepared for this. Eye-opening.
1: Here I am. Oh, I've got some stories about brothers. (laughs) Shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, After she did that particular interview, she said she regretted it and she changed her identity and she moved to another city. Oh, who would have thought? The especially interesting thing about Karen Greenlee's case is that nine out of ten necrophiles are men.
1: Well, I was actually about to say, isn't it always more shocking and mind blowing when it's a female that yeah. does this crazy shit? Because it's, it is rare and that's borne yeah. out by the statistics. So it's very unusual for
0: women to commit necrophilia. In 2010, Professor of fi- Forensic Psychology, Catherine Ramsland oh, wrote feel sick. about I feel necrophilia. Yes, yeah, so do I. I
1: can feel it in my chest. I feel sick about this. Because mm. there's something terribly, terribly oh, sad. It takes me a lot sad. to get to this point. Well – Because I'm all about the uh, – Well, she talks
0: about the fact that um, – <laughs> and this is what made me very sad and uncomfortable as well is that part of the attraction was that they they couldn't say no, that there was no
1: resistance from – yeah. Um, Do you know what mm. just gets me, right, is like they're a weird – freaky deaky clubs, mm-hmm. there are people that will pay. And I will never judge anyone who does anything. I'm fine. Do no, what you want. I remember seeing a Louis Thoreau thing. Uh, oh, yes. Thing. The, the whorehouse. The, the yes. Were they calling it the whorehouse? I don't know what they're calling oh, it. Oh, I'm thinking
0: of the swingers party where they're in the pool. Oh, I know that one. But yep. I'm
1: there was another one with like a brothel and there was a woman in the brothel who looked like she was eight years old. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You see where this is going. Yeah. And she openly said, 100%, the clients that I get mm. are pedos. Oh. But she said, she's like, I'd rather they were coming here yes. and doing this with me than grabbing a kid off the street. So if they want me to be that, all good. I'll talk the talk. i does make sense. I'll, I'll be that person. Yeah. Go find someone who wants to play dead. I'd rather. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is yeah, that possible? But then she says it's sure. the smell and everything of it, and oh, the embalming and the blood. God. and Like, like a de- of life Okay, so I'm saying the smell.
0: Uh, so, um, yes, yeah, so Catherine Ramsden, writing about it in Psych- uh, Psychology Today, she wrote about a number of cases of necrophilia. One was a 37 year old Swedish woman who had been using human bones as sex toys. I'll give you a moment to think about that. What? There was a man in Cincinnati, Ohio, who convinced workers at the morgue to allow him to take photos of corpses posed with objects like sheep music and syringes. He put a copy of Alice in Wonderland in the hands of a body of a young girl and I don't know what he was doing with those photographs, but I think if you're reporting about him on the news, you would say that he was committing a lewd act with those photographs later, I would imagine. There was one female apprentice in Barma, actually this particular case sounded very much like Karen Greenlee, Mm. um, who said that during the first four months of her employment she'd had sex with an average of 10 corpses a month (gasps) and that she couldn't achieve satisfaction with the living in part because she'd been molested as a child and later raped so she could... Control. Only sexually express herself without fear to corpses that weren't, she didn't. Control, she yeah. She knew weren't going to come back and get her.
1: 10 a month.
0: That's a lot. I. What's well, that like not every three days?
1: I'm not good at maths. Jeno, is that. It's a lot. But when's that? That's horrid. Mm
0: uh, one man said that as a boy, he got to watch an embalmer at work and he wanted to taste the blood because he thought it would save the memory of the dead. Uh, there was an Italian grave digger who grew That's aroused. like then saying,
1: oh, every time I have a steak, I'm saving the memory of the, f- the cow.
0: You're not. Yeah, that makes no sense. This gravedigger grew aroused whenever he buried a beautiful young woman. He began having sex with the dead when caught with his mouth on the genital area of a dead body. He admitted to having violated hundreds of corpses... (gasps) No one is safe in this world. Well, because people aren't suspecting it because it's Batten the down last the hatches. Is, the go no- lock
1: your front door. Exactly. Normal, sane people. You you see what you want to see. You're not looking for these. These fuckers walk amongst us, you know that too, yeah. right? This is people think I'm so mm, caught mm-hmm. up from all the shit you hear in court. No, mate, this is why, because there's freaks out there.
0: Uh there was a case in two thousand six in Wisconsin, three young guys dug up the grave of a 20-year-old female accident victim no. intending to have sex with her and they'd stopped on the way to buy condoms. That sounds more like a prank, doesn't it? What? And I don't mean that in a light-hearted way. But that to be fair, like it's kind of crazy that we anything. haven't
1: touched on necrophilia before this episode. Yeah. Uh,
0: yes. Now, Dr Ramsland studied the erotic attraction to corpses. She found that the most common motive cited by psychologists – is an attempt to gain possession of an unresisting or non-rejecting partner. Now, I will finish on the story of Victor-Antoine Adisson, who was born in 1872 in France. He became an undertaker and a gravedigger as an adult. He violated more than 100 bodies, especially those of young women. He mutilated and decapitated them. And he later confessed. He said he spoke to the corpses, which he retrieved out of the graves. He felt genuine shock and hurt when they wouldn't talk back to him. Uh, He dug them up, took them home. At his house, police found the decaying body of a three-year-old girl he'd stolen from a grave and had performed oral sex on in the hope of reviving. He kept her next to him when he slept. He also had the head of a 13-year-old girl, which he kissed and called my bride. He was arrested in 1901 multiple charges of the exhumation and violation of bodies. And the doctors who examined him said he was a degenerate, impulsive sadist and necrophile and a moron void of any moral sense. And he was sentenced to the rest of his life in a psychiatric hospital. There you are. I feel sick. That's so effed up. It is very. Should we do some feedbacks? Oh, I there's, need a moment. There's a feedback buffet across the desk here printed out. Pick one, anyone you like.
1: This is like when I watch a scary show mm. and then I have to watch Kardashians for at least half an hour before I go to bed so that I feel okay about just I'm not scared anymore. Totally agree. It's yeah. like when I'm
0: looking at icky f- dead body photos and then I think I can't look anymore. Yeah. I feel I've got to go and see something silly.
1: Yep. Okay, we have an email from Anonymous. Mm -mm. Nice things, nice things. My family were locals in the Greta area and at one point we were married into Ned Kelly's family. Mm. I had the chance to read his sister's diaries and go through other interesting historical items when I was very young. Dear diary, dear diary, this is Ned's sister,
0: dear diary, I can't find the rubbish bin anywhere. (laughs) I feel like. Ned was the last one I saw it with. <laughs> Remember he had upside that's, down pin on his head? I know. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much. Oh, okay. Anyway, for those who don't know.
0: Oh, no, she was Irish. They were Irish. Dear diary, <laughs> I, I cannot find the rubbish bin. <laughs> I've looked everywhere. Now I sound like Pam is
1: the poet. That was really you good. Again, not, I can only do South African. <laughs> It's all, it's all I can do. Call the police, Reva. I've shot someone in the bathroom. <laughs> it's very good. It sounds like it's my only one I can do
0: Meryl Streep doing Lindy Chamberlain yeah. in Evil Angels. Michael, Michael, <laughs> a dingo's got the baby. What was she wearing?
1: Now she's. Methane jacket stop. with
0: lemon lining.
1: Uh. I remember dreaming of being able to write in cursive in the way they did back then. Yeah. They even had a baby blanket that was hit by a bullet during one of the gunfights with police. Whoa! The baby was unscathed. For those who live outside of Australia and don't know who Ned Kelly was, he was a bush bush ranger, yeah. is that what you call him? Yep. Anyway, he shot and killed a lot of police mm. and he's kind of an Australian icon and people are mad about that because he's a cop killer.
0: Yeah,
1: But a lot of... We Mm. talked about him in an episode, remember, because his head is still missing. Correct. And Mm. a lot of Bojans like to get uh, him him tattooed on them. Mm -hmm. Mm. Bojans. Bojans. Bogans. Uh, What was his last words? Uh, Such is life. Such is life. Yeah. People get that tattooed on them too. Mm. Anyway, uh, things were kept pretty hush when Ned's body was finally released to the family as to not encourage a large following on the day he was laid to rest. His head wasn't involved. Oh, there. However, they did bury a picture of his head <laughs> no, no. with the body. No, yes, no. Anonymous wrote, that'll do. Very funny. There was quite some concerns over his remains being stolen yet again. So there's questions around whether his actual remains were buried on that day. Oh, I went to say she. I don't know if it's a she. Um, We always laughed about the tourist destinations and stories surrounding what and where things happen because the actual hideout and locations are known by many and every man and his dog seems to have a log or two from the site. Did I say that right? Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. People all claim they do. Uh, She says, anyway, I keep saying she, so Anonymous is going to be a she. I definitely grew up being told (laughs) he was Robin Hood of rural Victoria, and even as a kid, I sniff bullshit. Hmm. Okay. Oh, Anon. It's the same Anon. Oh, it's the same Anon. Mm. Okay. Sorry, ladies. I can confirm what I thought was the case. Ned Kelly's head was actually found. It was kept under wraps and no one knows exactly where it is. The family had his head and body reunited, he was dug up, and then had his body buried in private out of fear that people would want to steal the head again.
0: Oh really?
1: Yes. Eyes were on the Greta Cemetery where his mother and siblings are buried. However, no one's 100% his well real I thought body they and still didn't have actually the
0: head. there. So maybe they just didn't tell anyone. Anonymous is saying that the head is there. Mm. Because didn't they have that one that they thought all that, that man in West Australia had it in a log in his backyard in the Tupperware container? Well maybe no one knows. Mm. Like Steve Irwin, right? I
1: think we spoke about that in that episode too. Yeah. No one knows where Steve Irwin's body is. Well, I think it's people like know. in private somewhere. Someone thinks it's at Australia Zoo. Anyway. Uh, email from Brody. Hi,
0: ladies. Love the show. Listener from the beginning. Thanks, Brody. Anyway, just a quick story. I work in healthcare and have seen many dead bodies. Mm. My first was when I was a student nurse on my first clinical placement, and it was an elderly gentleman called Ron in a nursing home. Oh, Ron. In the second week of that placement, I encountered my second dead body, another elderly gentleman called Ronnie. Oh. In the last week of that same placement my third dead body was a lady called Rhonda Veronica. Oh.
1: <laughs> Veronica. Veronica yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. They say do uh, they they do say things come in threes? Yes, they do. Yet in my case they came in fours. Oh no. <gasps> In my first job in a nursing home, about two months,
1: in my fourth dead body was also a Ron. You'd be getting new clients or new people in the nursing home rolling in. Hey, what's the new guy's name? Ron. Oh, for fuck.
0: Oh, dear. Can't yeah. look after him. Don't even bother making Don't me Don't bring bed him near up. me. No. He's a goner. Do not put fresh sheets on nah. that bed. You're wasting your time. Oh, no. Uh, Brodie says, I'm six years into my career. Unfortunately, no more encounters with Rons. Keep up the good work. Don't. Do we want one more or will sure. we save it? One more. Uh, this is from another listener who would like to remain anonymous. Hi, girls. Approximately 18 years ago, I was working as a picture framer. Customers often had unusual things framed. The most memorable was brought in by the son of a member of a well-known Baki gang. The young man's father had passed away and before he had passed, he made arrangements to have certain sections of his skin preserved. No! There was tattooing on these sections of skin. This is like we put pictures on our Facebook page of those ones, the skins that can have been kept Can you do tattoos that? On.
1: Can you request that?
0: It's your skin. You can do what you like with it. I can't see why not. We were tasked with the job of oh, stitching the skin down to a backing board and framing it. I still recall one piece that had a nipple and numerous hairs. Surely there.
1: you're just saying no for the like the biohazard.
0: You're gonna say no to bikies. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was thinking point, biohazard. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, I guess it's just leather, right? And I reckon it's a yeah, and it's a challenge, isn't it?
1: Oh no, nah, I'm not. I'd be that the whole challenge. time like,
0: ooh, dry I'm nearly gonna be sick. Uh, I was very happy when an apprentice was given the job of stitching this thing down. Uh, keep up the great work, girls. Oh, stop it, anon. Stop it. Stop. Oh no, I'm not over that story. Nice
1: Which one? All just like the ho- we've gone full vulgar this time. <laughs> this whole episode. Yeah, we're horrible. Well, not really. Just after my story onwards. So basically, you're pointing the finger over at me. Anyway, no, I,
0: I know, I know. But look, if we can't talk mm. about it here in this safe space that is the Dead Bodies podcast, where can we talk about it, Chanel? Mm.
1: Well, email us and send us stuff, but don't send us any shit about necrophilia because I'm not no, into
0: it. I don't want to hear if you're into it. I don't, know. we don't, we don't. Thank you. Please be alive if you're going to have sex. Oh, quick
1: story before Please. we go. Yes. I, um, I was asleep, good, the other night and uh, Nicholas said he was going to go out Anyway, I woke up three o'clock in the morning. He's not home. Now, he's like a one o'clock, two o'clock guy. He's not a three o'clock in the Scary, morning guy, yeah. right? So I was like, what? That's so weird that he's he's not here. Mm. So I sent him a text in WhatsApp. And when I opened WhatsApp, I'd seen that he'd been online not long ago. Yep. So I just wrote, where you? Question mark. Yeah. He comes online, reads it, goes offline. I was like, what? Cheaty, what's happening? That's yeah. such cheaty behavior. What's going on here? Allie anyway, Cat? what's he up there? Then to? I hear like a ruckus in the hallway, <laughs> and a naked Nicholas stumbles into the bedroom, like, oh, drunk, drunk, oh, yeah, Duncan, Nicholas. a total Duncan, totally drunk. And I said <laughs> in a loud, judgmental way, yes, are you cooked? Yeah, and he went, a little bit,
0: get in the spare room, and
1: just but he was dead in the hallway. Did you let He'd him come home, taking all his clothes off, with the <laughs> intention of getting to the room, and didn't make it? Didn't make it. And then, sorry, one yes, quick thing. He's snow gone. He got into bed and shuffled close to me. No, and I moved away.
0: Have you got a spare room?
1: Yeah, I would
0: have sent him to the spare room. We do. You need to put okay. But anyway, yeah, that was my dead story. He was dead, dead in
1: the dead in the hallway. Not
0: dead, thankfully. Well, no, mine no, is there's on There's floorboards in
1: there. He was on the floorboards naked. <laughs> it's so. Like, I think he deserved to be there. Absolutely, I agree. Mm.
0: Oh, I only, mine's not a dead person in the hallway. It was just a friend of mine. <laughs> who is new is. record, waffling <laughs> after the end of the show. <laughs> Terrible. I promise this will be the last thing. But this is this fellow is a um, an AFL footballer, giant one, sure. huge, known as one of the the biggest, and he had. Kidney stones, oh. and I, this has got nothing to do with anything, but it just made me think of with Nicholas okay. laying in the hallway. And um, that, they're so painful, apparently, now I've given birth. And so when my husband had kidney stones, I was very unsympathetic. Yeah. But men always say, oh, apparently it's the same pain as me, when you me, give birth. Yeah. But anyway, this big, strong footballer who'd lived through broken bones and all the rest of it, he got up to pee and had the pain of the kidney stones, was so bad. Passed out. He passed out yeah. in the hallway. Yeah. And when he came to, he had pissed himself. Sure. And the stone was laying <gasps> – so he's laying in a puddle of pee and there was the stone that he'd pissed out. <laughs> anyway, that's – this is not – This I is snorted. Being, I
1: snorted. Anyway. I reckon – I don't know what's happened Aside to us.
0: Aside from the poo pod, we've totally, which was that awful episode. We've gone we, next
1: level with this one. Please write in to we us. We do apologise.
0: Sorry. We will we'll get we will regroup and be better. We will, I promise. We will. Please do. Um, if you've seen A Dead Body, we'd love to hear from you. Please go on our Facebook page. It's exciting when people put comments and things on there and send us messages. And email us your dead body stories if you've seen one. Uh, Podcast at com. Dead Bodies is created by DD Dunlevy and Chanel Villa and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast Podcast at gmail.com.